You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland, Titans fans. It is a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast, and you guys know I love alliteration, so for today, it is a tackle Tuesday. We are going to continue the 2021 Locked On Titans NFL Draft Preview by diving into the offensive tackle group for this draft. And obviously, it's a position of need for the Tennessee Titans, but at this moment in time, we don't know whether the Titans will be looking to get a tackle early with some day one prospects, whether they'll look in the middle of the draft to try to get someone to compete for the starting position on day two or if they will dive into the tackle group on day three and try to get a purely developmental project for the future. So a lot of interesting names in this tackle group going to dive into all three levels of prospects today on the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it. a tackle Tuesday here on the Locked on Titans podcast as we go position by position through the entire draft. Now, if you missed the quarterback edition, the running back edition, the tight end episode, or the wide receiver episode, make sure that you go back and check those out. And also, make sure that you don't miss any of my draft positional previews that will be coming in the next few weeks by following the Locked on Titans podcast on Apple iTunes, on Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, Stitcher, Spotify, doesn't matter, wherever you get your podcast, you can find the Locked on Titans podcast there. Also, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans and check out the new Facebook page at Locked On Titans Pod. But we are going to dive into this group. Of course, before we do, want to give you guys a little bit of a refresher of what the Titans position group looks like right now, at least for the guys that we can expect to be on the roster. Of course, the Titans, in somewhat of a surprising move, released starting right tackle Dennis Kelly after a very solid year on the right side. Now the Titans have Taylor Lewan at left tackle. They have Kendall Lamb and Ty Sambrillo back on the team to compete for some tackle reps as well. Will they introduce a rookie into that mix? I really do think they will. It just depends on where they are going to look for the tackle within the draft. Now let's talk about the top tier group of tackles that according to recent rumors, the Titans certainly could be having an eye on. Number one, the top tackle in the draft is Penny Sewell out of Oregon. Six foot five. He's got incredible movement, guys. Elite level movement. He's really good in out in space, talking about, you know, think about a screen pass with the Oregon offense. They run a ton of screens, so he'll get out there, knock down a corner, knock down a safety, a linebacker. He's great on pulls. He's great on screens, any running back screens, wide receiver screens. Even when the play develops and he needs to get down the field, he's fantastic, fantastic at the second level as well. Anywhere in space, one-on-one with linebackers, with defensive backs, he can do a great job there. Elite movement, elite 
activity in space, and he's got a great punch as well. Very strong hands. Now, the Oregon offensive system is not very pro-like, so that leaves a lot to be desired. Not a lot of great competition in terms of edge rushers there in the Pac-12, and he did opt out of the 2020 season, so haven't seen him in quite some time, but I expect Sewell to be at the top of the class. Next, though, you have a guy who I would consider 1B, not 2. And that's Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. Now, he's just barely above six foot three, so some people see him as a guard, but I do not. He's got great feet, good movement, good change of direction for a guy his size. He has incredible IQ, football IQ, picking up blitzes, picking up slants, adjusting to what the defensive line is doing. He processes things very quickly. And... I would consider that versatility a plus. He can play guard. He can play tackle. I view him as a tackle, but if you want to kick him into guard originally earlier in his career and then move him to tackle eventually, I think that could be a smart move. Now, he's not the uh, the most powerful guy, and it's because he doesn't have great length or great size, but he's fundamentally sound, technique sound. He also opted out of the 2020 season, though, so that's always going to be something to consider. Next, Virginia Tech left tackle Christian Derrishaw. So this guy has incredible strength. Where we looked at change of direction and movement skills with the first two guys, this is a powerful man. He does a good job of staying balanced in his pass set, which is important for a guy his size. He's incredibly competitive as well. He's a guy who went up against a bunch of really good pass rushers in the ACC, so we've seen that competition level. We've seen him play against that. He has an incredible plan always, it seems, going into the snap, knowing what he might get from the rusher, so that shows a maturity in his preparation for the game. Now, he can rely on that plan too much, and if the the edge rusher, the rusher he's going against, changes what he's expecting, sometimes he's a little slow to adapt to that, which is something we talked about Slater having as a plus. Doesn't adjust very well to those things, and he may be considered a one-year wonder to some teams after not really having the type of production and type of season that he had in 2020 at any time previously in his career, but guys improve, so that's not really a huge knock. I expect Derrishaw to go in the top 20 picks of the draft and at minimum in the first round. The next guy is obviously a guy that's been linked to the Titans now. Make a ton of sense for what the Titans are looking for. A career right tackle at Oklahoma State, Tevin Jenkins. Incredible, incredibly powerful guy. Great hands. Once he gets his hands on you, it's over for the defender. Good balance as well. Not incredible agility, not incredible change of direction and movement skills like the first two tackles, but he does a good job playing on balance. And like I mentioned before, a mean streak. Plays with a great ferocity, plays with great intensity, finishes through the whistle, wants to drive guys into the ground. And that really fits what the Titans want to do from a team philosophy standpoint. Now, like I said, not great agility from Tevin Jenkins, more of a power player. He's 23 years old already, so he may already be who he is and not develop much more. He went up against a bunch of three-man rushes and limited rush packages playing in an air raid offense with Oklahoma State. And speaking of that, not a very pro-friendly offense, not very pro-like, so there's some question there, but... In his opportunities to go up against some of the good pass rushers that he did see, despite having a lack of competition there going to Oklahoma State, he went up against Texas's Joseph Asai in 2020 and absolutely destroyed him. So that's something that uh, does bode well in going up against another guy who's going to get drafted. Next, you have another career left tackle in Sam Cosme out of Texas. Six foot six, incredibly long arms, ton of experience, had a ton of snaps, ton of passing 
uh, sets, ton of pass plays run there while he was at Texas. He is a prototypical size athleticism type guy. Great, again, size at six foot six, good arm length, good athleticism. And he's really good at pushing, using that arm length to push guys past the pocket through the end. Now, when you're that tall, when you're that big, he doesn't really bend very well at the waist. Doesn't stay as low as he needs to. And that means that guys who get up in his shoulder pads, guys who give him a power game, a bull rush, can kind of get him off balance. And he got whooped by Caleb on Chase on in 2019. And that's a guy who got drafted high in the draft. So that competition level didn't have his best performance. But I do think Cosme will get drafted in the late first round. So he will be a high-end prospect that the Titans could look at. Next, out of Notre Dame, just an offensive line factory from Notre Dame, uh, Liam Eckenberg. Tons of experience as well, like Cosme. Uh, played a ton in Notre Dame, three-year starter. He's kind of a height-weight guy that doesn't really give you a lot to be desired from body, but incredible technique, incredible fundamentals, good footwork. He's scheme versatile. He's done pretty much every kind of run play you could imagine in college football coming out of Notre Dame. Like I said, not great height, weight, not great athleticism, needs to work on his balance, needs to work on his hand usage and his punch, but he's going to be an, uh, a late round, uh, late first round prospect, early second round prospect for sure because he's a reliable guy and when you have the technique and the fundamentals, yeah, you don't have all the athletic traits that you need, but a guy like that you can rely on. Next is kind of the opposite of that. It's Walker Little out of Stanford, the last name we're going to talk about in this section, and he is a pure upside play. He was considered to be a top 10 possible pick, the best offensive tackle in this class just a few short years ago, but that's the key. He hasn't played in almost three years. He got injured in the first game in 2019. In 2020, he opted out, but Walker Little, six foot eight, has elite athleticism for a guy that size, does a great job. We talk about mirror and matching with a cornerback to a, a wide receiver, but tackles have to mirror and match edge rushers, and he does a great job in that aspect. Really good pass sets, gets good depth, good balance at a guy that big. It's pretty uh, unusual to see that. Good core strength as well, so he's not going to get completely bowled over. But that experience, he hasn't played in almost three years. How did he develop? How is he going to develop from a guy who looked good in 2018, but how much can you trust that almost three years later? And I talked a lot about him in pass blocking, but he's got to improve in run blocking. Doesn't really drive guys back. More of a positioning uh, run blocker than anything. Not really a guy who wants to drive you down the field, and that's something that you would like to see. But those are the guys who I think are going to get taken in the top 40 picks of the draft. We are going to go to the second group of offensive tackles, and it may be more likely that the Titans look in the next group for their right tackle of the future. Before we get into that, I want to remind you about betonline.ag. Football is over, but the NBA, NHL, and MLB are in full swing. Make sure that you head to their website today, betonline.ag, and sign up for a free account. Once again, that's a free account, and when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus off your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Titan 
Titans fans, we are going to continue this Tackle Tuesday, the next installment in the 2021 Locked on Titans NFL Draft Preview. Before we go into group number two, though, I want to remind you about the Locked on Today podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski. It's all of the biggest sports news in under 20 minutes every morning. Make sure that you follow the Locked on Today podcast on whatever platform you get your podcast or the Odyssey app. But group number two could be more enticing to the Titans. They could look to fill wide receiver. They could look to fill cornerback early in the draft with that first round pick. And that could leave them looking for an offensive tackle in the second and third round. And I think that value matches up with this next group of guys. Number one, we have Brady Christensen from BYU. He's got incredible technique as an offensive lineman. Great hands. Once he gets his hands on you, it is over. Not every offensive lineman has powerful hands, but if you ever had an older brother or you wrestled with your dad or anybody much stronger than you, once they get your hand, their hands on you, it's just absolutely over. That is exactly how it is with Brady Christensen. Who is a big guy at six foot six? Now he's got incredible hand snatch, good technique. He's very patient against rushers, but not incredible athleticism. And at his age, he's 23. He went on a, a religion based mission trip. A lot of guys from BYU do stuff like that as part of being Mormon. Um, so he's 23. Is he already at his peak from a development standpoint? Is there any more juice to squeeze out of him? Who knows? But his athleticism subpar. He doesn't do a great job of anchoring against power rushes. Guys getting in his chest. Think about a bull rush. Didn't play against great competition at BYU either. Not a lot of top tier edge rushers that he's going against. Now, you can usually trust technique. You trust that patience. I want to explain this to you when I talk about patience with rushers. So think about a left tackle who's going to pass block. When the ball is snapped, they start working backwards and kind of not backpedaling, but sliding back. They call it a kick set. So offensive tackles are doing that and what they have to do is it's almost like playing a ground ball in baseball. The ball is coming at you and no circumstance is exactly the same. Sometimes you need to charge on the ground ball to get to it in time. Sometimes you can't charge too early because you got to know that there's going to be a bounce coming and it's actually better to stay patient and wait on the ball to come to you to play the bounce and then make your throw and try to get your guy out. It's like that with offensive tackles and pass protection. They're going back in their kick set, and they have to make a decision, and, and no one size fits all. Do I need to stop my set, my back pedal quicker, and get to the offensive line or the defensive lineman because he's trying to make an inside move on me? He's trying to beat me to the corner and go to the outside and rush around the outside. Should I continue to go backwards and keep dropping, dropping, dropping? Having patience and making the right decision whether to rush and stop your kick set or to continue going back to meet the edge rusher and where to meet him at and the timing of all that, that's very hard to navigate and very tough to do. And that's something that Christensen does very well. So if I talk about timing on your drop back, timing on your kick step, things like that, or patience against edge rushers, that's what I'm talking about. So it's a great opportunity to discuss that. Next, we have Dylan Radins, uh, six foot five out of North Dakota State. Very athletic. He's got good hands in the run game. He's going to be very powerful. He explodes off the line of scrimmage, disrupts the timing of defensive linemen, catches them off guard on the snap. I love that about him. And a really nasty mentality. Not every offensive lineman that we talk about has that. And you would think they would, but they certainly do not. So you have a guy with that mentality. That could be very, very enticing to the Tennessee Titans. All of that makes sense for what they want. Now, here's the problem with Raiden's. 
He's thin. At six foot five, he's still very thin. He needs to add some strength to his core. Uh, he played in a run-based offense in North Dakota State. Doesn't have a ton of experience getting pass work in and pass blocking. The, again, North Dakota State, the competition that he went up against wasn't excellent. So it makes it a little easier for a guy with his athleticism at his size without the strength to still be dominant. So why some people think that he is a first-round prof prospect, but in my opinion, he is actually a second to third round prospect. The next name that I want to bring up here is Alex Leatherwood from Alabama, six foot five, a guy with incredibly strong hands, really strong lower body, good length as well, and he does a good job of getting back into his pass set. One of the issues here is his base is way too wide. It allows him to get off balance at times when he gets people into his chest. He doesn't have great agility, great athleticism, so getting up to the second level and going against linebackers, getting him out in space, where I said somebody like Penny was absolutely fantastic there. That's something that Alex Leatherwood really struggles with. He would be best in a power scheme and a man scheme blocking wise, not the Titan zone scheme. So somebody I don't think makes a lot of sense for the Titans. Next is a guy who I would only take in the third round. These are guys I would take in the third round going forward. But James Hudson from Cincinnati, six foot five, so he's a little raw as an offensive tackle. He came into college as a defensive lineman when he went to Michigan. He transferred from Michigan to Cincinnati when he realized he was going to be changing to offensive line. Switched to offensive tackle. Now, because he came from the defensive line, incredible athlete for the position, good speed, good burst, good change of direction. Direction, but he also has some really good reaction time because he understands the mentality of a defensive lineman. He's got a great defensive mentality as an offensive player as well, wants to drive you into the ground, and he does a really good job at his height at six foot five of continuing to stay low. Now, he can be a little anxious when I talked about the timing of dropping back in your pass protection. He can want to fire out at defensive linemen a little too quickly. His footwork gets a little squirrely. He can get a little off balance. His run blocking needs a lot of help. He needs help with his hand usage in the run game. And as a raw prospect, because of the position switch, that's all to be expected. So he's an incredible project for somebody. And if you can really develop him, you could have yourself a high-level starter. So that could make sense for the Titans at pick 85. Uh, the next guy that I want you want to mention here, uh, Deontay Smith, six foot five out of East Carolina. Really long arms, but he's really light at 305. Now, because he is light, he's a smooth mover. He had a really good senior bowl, which will help him out, but he's got to add strength at the NFL level. Got to work on his technique with his handwork. Got to add weight, like I said, along with strength, and he had an injury in 2020 that limited him. Will that be a concern going forward? I wouldn't take Deontay Smith at pick 85. 85 or pick 100. I'd probably be looking at 126 for him. Next, we have uh, Stone Forsyth from Florida, six foot eight, a monster guy, really long arms, and really great feet for a guy that size. Talking about mirror and matching pass rushers. He does that very well. Uh, he has good upper body strength, and he has a ton of experience at Florida as well. But one of the issues is he's a little too tall sometimes and he relies on his arm length too much, doesn't move his feet as well as he needs to, so he needs to work on his technique there. He doesn't bend very well. He's uh, a guy who struggles with small, undersized pass rushers with great speed. 
and he needs to do better at getting a push in the run game. He tries to just kind of get in the way of defenders. He needs to actually move people off the ball. The last name that I'm going to mention in this section is a guy who I'm very interested in, and I would take him with pick 100, and that's Spencer Brown out of Northern Iowa. He compares very favorably to Dennis Kelly. He's six foot eight. 35-inch arms, which I do believe are the longest in this class. 325 pounds, elite measurables. Looks like he came out of a lab, has great movement skills for a guy that size, very low in his stance and good center of gravity despite the fact that he's six foot eight. Now he lacks agility. He has issues like I mentioned with foresight where he's a little too tall and relies on that length. Uh, His pass sets need to be better. His hands need to be better. It's all technique based and fundamental based things with Spencer Brown. He needs to be coached up. He is a pure developmental prospect, but with that type of moldable clay, six foot eight, 35 inch arms, good movement ability. That's somebody that the Titans might want to take a chance on with pick 100, but that's going to do it for this group. We are going to go into the day three options for the Titans if they go to the bargain bin. Before we do, want to tell you guys about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. They have everything you need for your vehicle from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps and you can get anything that you order delivered directly to your door in just a few easy clicks from their remarkably easy to navigate catalog. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for everyone. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that I sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We are going to cap off this Tackle Tuesday here on the Locked on Titans podcast by discussing the day three options that the Titans will have at the offensive tackle position. Before we do, want to remind you guys that April 19th through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaCanfora, and Michael Lombardi. Our local experts from every team will be making trades and picking the next stars for their team. Subscribe to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Earlier in the show, we went over the day one options for the Titans, and I identified Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State as a very real possibility for them. Then we talked about the day two options, where I identified Spencer Brown as a good fit for the Titans as a developmental tackle who still has some upside to play quickly, but if the Titans really go bargain bin shopping on day three, here is what that group of names will look like. Number one, we have Jalen Moore from Western Michigan who will probably go uh, a little bit high on day three if not the end of day two. 
But he's six foot four, has great burst off the line of scrimmage, and that burst off the line of scrimmage allows him to be a people mover in the run game. He's not a guy who's just looking to get good position, get in front of his defender, his assignment. No, he wants to move his guy off the ball. So really like that sort of mentality. But he doesn't have great feet, he doesn't have a great stance, and he doesn't do very well with pass blocking. So those are all things, the timing, his footwork, his stance, and pass blocking all have to get better. So that's something that would have to be developed. Next, from Michigan, we have Jalen Mayfield, and some people, like Alex Leatherwood from Alabama, consider these guys guards, but I don't like to uh, put a guy in as a guard when they play tackle at college unless we give them a chance to play tackle. Tackle is the more valuable position, so if a guy played well there in college, I want to at least give him the opportunity before kicking him inside, but that's what Jalen Mayfield will be contending with. Six foot five, he's really strong, he holds up very well against bull rushes, so he has a good anchor, he can anchor himself as guys try to bull him over. He's got good footwork. You need good footwork to be able to hold up and get your feet set so that you don't get bowled over. That's very important. But he's not as good with his hands. Needs to do better with his punch, with his striking. Doesn't have fantastic balance all the time in the run game. And he has a tendency to reach for guys and try to use his long arms to reach out and get them rather than moving his feet, rather than using good technique. That'll have to improve. Next, you have Brandon Jameis. He's six foot five. Really good pass sets. He's a much more adept pass blocker than a run blocker. He gets good depth on his pass set so that guys can't just go around him to get to the quarterback. And he uses his hands very well and is able to stop rushers in their tracks when he gets his mitts on them. But he needs to add some weight. He's a little bit light. Needs to get better with his run blocking, like I mentioned, a very adept pass blocker, but needs to be better in run blocking, and with that, he needs to do a lot better with having some power and actually moving guys off the line of scrimmage. Can't just be a, uh, a one-trick pony in the NFL. Next, we have Tommy Doyle, who's six foot eight out of Miami, Ohio, a monster, great pass set depth, so he gets back to the edge rusher very quickly off the line of scrimmage. He goes forward off the line of scrimmage very well as well. Really good burst coming off of the snap. Now, he doesn't bend at his waist very well because he's six foot eight. So some of the some of the smaller undersized edge rushers can give him a lot of trouble. And that's concerning because he didn't face a lot of good pass rushers being from the University of Miami of Ohio. So he's got to work on that. And that's why he's a developmental prospect on day three, because you haven't seen what kind of competition he can actually be successful against. Next you have Josh Ball from Marshall, another huge guy, six foot seven, very long. He's got really good feet for a guy that big, but like most tall guys, he really struggles bending at his waist and having a good center of gravity and staying balanced. He's still really skinny as well at that height. Not a lot of weight. He'll have to put on some weight and he's a little bit older of a prospect. So at his age, can he put on the weight that will be necessary? Didn't play against good competition at Marshall and he had an off-field issue during college where he was involved in some sort of uh, violence incident with you know, his dating partner and anything like that is going to scare teams pretty quickly. So I see him as a, a day three, sixth round, seventh round option, if not uh, an undrafted free agent. Then we have Dan Moore Jr. from Texas A&M. Good quick feet, good body control, but not a lot of power in his hands and doesn't really give you that 
you know, dominant mentality that you want to see from an offensive lineman. That's going to drive him down the board. Then you have Larnell Coleman, six foot six, good size, good athletic ability, and very coachable. He needs to work on his hand technique, needs to work on his footwork. He's a really raw prospect. I think that's somebody, uh, pick 215, pick 232, that can make a lot of sense for the Titans. And then the last name that we have here is from Iowa. We have Alaric Jackson, six foot five. He's a powerful guy, a ton of experience playing at Iowa, a multi-year starter. He's done pretty much every kind of run blocking technique that you can ask in that scheme from Iowa. Now, he keeps his hands too low sometimes, like a boxer. You can't drop your hands too low and not guard yourself, or you're going to get yourself out of position. That's an issue that he struggles with. And having low hands and short arms combined together, that's going to be a struggle for Jackson, which is why I have him as my last prospect listed. But uh, that is the majority of the offensive tackle group. There were 22 offensive tackles taken in 2020. We just went over 22 offensive tackles today. So as prepared for the offensive tackle group as you possibly could be, that's going to do it for me today on this Tackle Tuesday. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.